Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 480 of Marking Out. Unfortunately, this past week, Howard Finkel passed away, um, which is so unfortunate. He started his career in the WWF. In 1975 and then became a ring announcer for WWE in 1977, which is like insane how many decades he was involved in pro wrestling. Yeah, he spanned well across it. Yeah, and uh, the first wrestling event that I went to uh, was a live event, Madison Square Garden, April 1999. And he um, he opened the show for a uh, 10 bell salute to Rick Rude, who passed away four days earlier. But mm-hmm. and like he was at the first pay per view that I went to. Both of us were there. SummerSlam two thousand two. Yeah, very, I think, very unfortunate. I think one of my favorite moments seeing him live was at Survivor Series two thousand eleven mm-hmm. at the Garden, where he uh, surprised the crowd as CM Punk's guest ring announcer. Yeah, my favorite part is where he helped X Pac uh, shave Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's uh, head. Well, because Jeff Jarrett shaved his head too, didn't he? Yeah. 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 And then that was when uh, the Fink kind of aligned himself with DX for the night. Yeah, it's like it's, and he's been like face, and he's been heel with uh, at SummerSlam 2002. He was a heel. Yeah, so that was fun. But uh, and then he he also most like not most recently, but more recently, he did the intro for the Dirt Sheet, mm. which Miz and Morrison still use. So he was the the voice of many wrestling events for many generations. Yeah, every everybody loved him. And I don't think there there's any wrestling fans who didn't try to emulate his voice. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but... I, I think back when uh, WWE did the, uh, they used to do like these uh, like chat room things. Mm-hmm. It was like not bite this, but something similar. I remember he was like a guest in the chat, and I asked him. If he has any good ribs, and he answers Bobby Rubino's, <laughs> which I thought was funny. It's like a famous rib joint. Ah, nice. Well, I nice. mean, it used to be over here, but uh, mm-hmm. it's no longer here. I think it's in Florida now only. But yeah, and we, all three of us got to meet him. And, yeah, uh, he was a nice guy. But yeah. our condolences to all of his family and friends. Yeah, and we'd like to pay tribute to. Howard Finkel, the Fink, with our own 10-bell salute. We 
Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new episode of Marking Out, episode 480. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and MarkingOut.com. Check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut for some cool t-shirts. YouTube and Instagram.com slash MarkingOut11. Follow us on Twitter at MarkingOut. Facebook, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut. I am Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter at BTTG161 as well as Instagram. Chris is not here today, but you can follow him on Twitter at ChrisSweenDog. Happy birthday, Chris. Also joined here by Dave. Dave the Rave underscore MO on Twitter. Dave, how are you doing? Oh, hey there. I am doing the same as I was doing last recording. How about yourself? I'm doing awesome as always. And you know, for a second, I actually, before we started recording, I was like, did did I hang out with Dave this week? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, that's not possible. But it's because we were on the Zoom gimmick. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Zoom. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Chuck. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, we did do the Zoom gimmick. That so, was fun. Did you Got not do anything else different this week? Have you not tried cooking at all? Uh, no, no, same old, same old. Just what have you working, been eating? You know, food. Just getting by. You know, whatever I could find on the floor. <laughs> oh, this mouse oh. is eating cheese. I wonder if it'll share. <laughs> Pretty much, you know. But I've been, uh, I've been trying everything. to cook, man. Yeah. No, I'm just staying busy with uh, working from home, you know? Just sticking busy. What yeah. about you? Well, I, I, yeah, I've been trying new recipes and everything. I, I've For the longest, uh, no, not going to finish that. <laughs> ah. For a long time now, I've been craving this uh, this crumb cake streusel, and I, I don't know if I'm going to – I took cake mix out because I don't feel like measuring flour and everything. So maybe I'll make it later today, but I don't know. But I've made ground beef bulgogi the other night with spicy Asian noodles. And it's like, I think one of the best things I've ever made. Yo, send picks. Uh, what kind of picks? It's just ground beef. Yeah. It, it literally, it was so good. Like, I, I think it's my like new go-to ground beef recipe. There you go. There's nothing I want more than this. It was just, it was so good. There you go. Very cool. Very cool. But yeah, other than that, I watched fighting with my family. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. I'm sure that wasn't that good. I, I wanted to like. I, I I enjoyed the film, but there's just like if you're if you know nothing about pro wrestling, mm -hmm. I think you can enjoy it and be like, oh, that's such a heartwarming story. But if you like sit there as a pro wrestling fan. You know absolutely everything about this movie that's fake and absolutely everything that's real. I I would not be a fan. And there's so many things that like timeline wise, like that doesn't like it's as if like she's in the the UK or whatever and she gets a tryout with WWE, goes there, gets signed to the NXT which blew my mind that they were saying the NXT or the NXT. Mm -hmm. And it was, it's as if like all her like indie work basically never even happened. FCW? Well, I mean, they, where, where's FCW? They probably wanted it to look, her to look bigger than she really was. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, it's literally, they have her like 
thinking about quitting or whatever over like Christmas break or whatever. And she comes back and she's like, it's as if she's still training at the performance center, like not even a big star on NXT. She was the champion when she debuted on Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, but like it's they they had her go into a room to to get the Rock to say, oh, you're you're gonna win the title tomorrow. You're debuting, but she wasn't even champion in the movie. And then mm-hmm. it was as it was literally as if she was going literally went from like being signed to training a bit to then like instantly getting up to the main roster and winning the title. It was right. just, it was bizarre. So if you're not a wrestling fan, you could I mean if you're even if you are a wrestling fan, you could definitely appreciate aspects of it. Yeah, you could also find other things to watch too, you know? Yeah, that's you know? true, but which you could you could you could check out AEW. Yes. Which uh, unfortunately a lot of people I saw saying this was the absolute worst episode of Dynamite to this date. I would say that uh, I don't watch it too often uh, because usually I'm watching NXT, but I did put it on demand and watch it, and I regret watching it. I mean, I the wrestling was good. Commentary with uh, Y2J Absolutely was cool. fantastic. That was like, that's the best part of the night. I look forward. I hope that like going forward with these episodes that it's just Jericho and Shivani. Having the fans, the fans at ringside, it's kind of... At first, I liked it, but now it just seems like they're brothering it up. Kind of like it's like you, I don't know, it doesn't seem, it seems so fake. It, it just seems so not genuine, and I'm not a fan of it. Yeah, I know it's not supposed to be, but I'm not, I'm not getting behind the fans anymore. And yeah, this entire, the main event with all the hype and stuff. Went on for too long, but let's start from the top. Yeah, it opens up again with the Jake Roberts promo, who apparently I think was maybe going stir crazy. So now he's uh, in quarantine with DDP. Yeah, I saw DDP putting out some videos, which were pretty cool. But he hyped up uh, Lance Archer and the TNT Championship Tournament, which the first match of the evening saw Lance Archer defeat Colt Cabana to advance in that tournament. Which, um, this match, it was not a quick match, but it's forgivable because it's like Colt Cabana has at least like been around the block for, for how many years now? Yeah, I, I could agree with that, that it's, it's forgivable because it was against Cabana and stuff, but uh, part of I'm me, still man, not, I mean, I'm still not a fan of Cabana though. I like, I was, I'm such a fan of Cabana, but I, I don't think he works in front of a, a no crowd crowd. Well, he his gimmick is to play off the crowd when he doesn't yeah. have a crowd. I, I think he's very, in my opinion, I think he's very bland. I don't think bland. He does cool moves. He does like the the, the interesting pins and everything too. Well, so but up after that, they had a segment from a dental office with Britt Baker on the rules of being a role model, and the one rule was always fight fair. Which I thought was funny because Hikaru Shida took to Twitter saying, "Is she stupid?" <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's always so funny when somebody says that. But the the match that took place was Britt Baker defeating Cassandra Golden. Uh, Baker did that curb stomp while she made Cassandra bite the rope like she did with Yuka Sakazaki. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a good old. 
good old courage stomp, you know? Yeah, so I, she didn't lose any teeth. She didn't have any blood gushing from her mouth, so it wasn't exact, exactly like the, the Yuka part. But mm-hmm. the match, it was fine. Um, segment after this, we saw the Bubbly Bunch, which was... Funny, funny episode. I mean, I... I, I thought you were about I, to do a Chad Gable impression. You're like, funny. Oh, it was a funny episode. I like Jericho on there and stuff, and... Uh, going back and forth with Sammy, the, it, uh, Jericho. Jericho is p- p- like putting over all these wrestlers so much. Yeah, which I like that he's not like he's a heel commentator, but he's also putting over the the talent and stuff. But in this segment, it was like it was kind of like SNL this past week. They filmed everything was like recorded from where they are in quarantine and then put together to form one segment. And boy, oh boy, did SNL stink! Uh, well, there were for what it was, it was. The laughter, I wanted to strangle myself. The laughter? The laughter. That was during Weekend Update only. That was only during Weekend Update? Yeah. Oh, man. Awful. Why? Strangle. What do you mean? They had real people on there laughing at jokes. Yeah, stupid. But uh, I I guess they probably do this for uh, being the elite because we've seen stuff like that with, like, Matt Hardy and – well, on his channel at least, and then inserting the the Bucks footage. But I think for what this bubbly bunch segment was, I thought it was pretty uh, original, and I give them credit for recording a promo like this. Yeah, and I popped has a nice kitchen, very nice kitchen, which I popped at him <laughs> talking and spilling the orange juice all over the counter. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah, but this leads into Sammy Guevara defeating Suge D. Which, uh, like, I enjoy Sammy, but this match was boring. Yeah, and Shug D's been around the block for a while, too. Yeah, it, it went on way too long. And, and with this, this whole thing, it's like, obviously, like, we know who Shug D is. Yeah. But in this situation, why should we care about Shug D? That's the thing. I, because, I, because we're supposed to hate Sammy? I don't understand. And, and you got commentary not even knowing his name. They're like, Sug, Sug D, <laughs> Suj. And then there's uh, Shug Knight. It's like, I don't understand how, like, sometimes the commentary comes off as if they're uh, a little bit of Jim Ross, where it's like, oh, folks, I got it in my notes. I'll get it eventually. Yeah. And Jim Ross, I'm feeling, is very repetitive, too, with his calls. Yeah, but. You know? Uh, But, yeah, Guevara still, he has a ton of talent and a great future. Uh, Next up, you had Kip Sabian. Which Jericho came succumbed to uh, the name gimmick, like we always do, and called him Kip Sabin at one point. But, yeah. but Sabian picks up that victory over Chucky Taylor. Chuck Taylor. I don't understand why Orange Cassidy was distracting the referee while Penelope Ford was attacking Chuck Taylor outside. I mean, and then Jimmy Havoc getting involved as well. Yeah, well, it, what the hell was that? That makes no I, sense. And then even more so, Havoc... After he attacks um, Orange Cassidy, Penelope Ford hits a Hurricane Rana off the top rope onto Chuck Taylor. Almost, almost, taking, out, almost taking out the referee, too. She rolls out in front of the referee. I I was just like, uh, like, it looked like she probably went too much, like the momentum took her too much to the point where she almost took out the back legs of the referee. I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. <laughs> uh, next though we saw Sean Spears defeating Justin Law who came out with a chopped chest already 
I don't have yeah. any idea why he was already. He looked like Bob Backlund a little bit, but uh... <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of the things. Like he was backstage and being like a Mark and stuff, being like, "Oh man, Vance Archer, Cole Cabana, yeah, yeah, ch- chop it's, me, it's chop Lance, me, brother." Lance, uh, I, I called him Lance. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, you can't say his name ever. Lance. Okay? It's like uh, it's the combination of Lance and and Blanche. From Golden Girls, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, maybe maybe they retaped this match. What makes you? Oh, because and of that's the why chest. He, yeah, and that's why his chest was red. But maybe maybe he was maybe he was like you just said. I mean, all this is pre-taped, anyways. It's not live, so maybe he was in a match earlier on in another taping, and they're just not showing it in order. Yeah, that's also another possibility. I, uh, I I'm such a fan of of Ty Dillinger and Sean Spears. But I like his theme song. You like what? His theme song. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I this was either, but I know it, it caught my ears. This was a boring, boring match. It seems like that's the trend. <laughs> seems like that's the trend for this episode. Like I, I thought like you could not get more boring than this match. Mm-hmm. And then they introduced the match that was taped a few weeks ago at Daly's place with Jim Ross on commentary. John Moxley defeats Jake Hager in an empty arena match. I have no idea if the championship was on the line. An empty arena match when there's an empty arena, you know, an empty arena in the fact that they don't have the, the paid talent there. Exactly. Everything is an empty arena match right now. Pretty much. But AEW, I, mean, I, I, I love the fact that Jr. even called out the barricades. He's like, "There's no nobody here. Why do they even have barricades?" But, <laughs> well, every wrestling company has. Well, every wrestling company, AEW and WWE have barricades. So it's just aesthetically nice to see. Yeah, yeah. but AEW built this matchup for weeks, and. They both showed up in matching gear. It was just like, hey, Mox, you wearing camo? Yeah, you? Yeah. Can't <laughs> be in the ring. I was like, first of all, I was like ready for a match because I was so bored with, with Sean Spears and Justin Law. But this match was beyond boring. Yeah, it was, it was like so much time in between spots and action. I love the part where they cut to they went to the outside of the ring, and then they cut to commercial, and they come back, and Jr. is just like, and we're back where we left off. <laughs> like they haven't they haven't moved from the spot that they've been in, but they and, have been but they have been fighting. I assure you. And I'm it like ended so randomly. John Moxley threw a chair at Jake Hager, and then Mox hits the paradigm shift onto the chair. I, I think this might be the worst match I'll watch in 2020. I I think that they I think that they overhyped it. I really think they overhyped it. I don't think Jake Hager is the star that they're trying to make him out to be. No, WWE tried that. Fans turned right quick on him. Yeah, Jake Hager is very he's very similar to Bobby Lashley. Yeah, and- I was just gonna bring up Lashley too. Lashley and Jake Hager are two guys that WWE tried to get over, whatever, and Jake. Jack Swagger was super over at some points in his career with like We the People and everything, but not like AEW Championship main event level. No, over. he's 
Which is it's just it's just like Sean Spears and Todd Dillinger with like the ten count and everything. Obviously, I, I think WWE kind of dropped the ball a bit with with uh, Spears. Dillinger, but yeah, yeah. I mean, with Hager, I feel like Hager and Lashley—they're both one-dimensional wrestlers. Like, but Hager—he's a big guy from Oklahoma, who maybe but that's I don't know. I don't know if Jim Ross can be like a manager type he, instead not, of commentary, he, but 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 he's not a country guy. Like, he's not a guy that's the next or anything close to Brock Lesnar. No, you no. Know, with the wrestling background, country background. No, that's more honestly like he teamed up a little bit, I believe, in OVW with Doctor Death, and I think it's pretty similar to Doctor Death, where he could go like he's had Bellator fights. Yeah, he's, he's done stuff that like make him an actual badass. Uh huh. But I, I just, I don't know. They're gonna have to do something. Like he needs maybe in WWE if he could have perhaps been a like Paul Heyman guy mm-hmm. it could have worked I I don't know yeah I'm not sold on him he needs uh, he definitely needs a mouthpiece like I know Jericho's currently the mouth the mouthpiece but yeah he needs like an actual manager to yeah maybe to somebody else at ringside with him yeah but so that was AEW Let's get on to some sports entertainment and speak about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens up with Drew McIntyre thanking the fans for watching. Which I thought was cool. But yeah, I never thought he'd be speaking to me before. But yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. But he spoke about beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He spoke about beating The Big Show. And he also said if there's a superstar that deserves a title shot, they're going to get one. And then Andrade came out with Selena Vega to announce that he is the real champion of Monday Night Raw, which yeah, sets up a champion versus championship match late or champion versus champion, not championship. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool to see Andrade Andrade step up to the plate though. Yeah, and uh they they were saying uh, Andrade said the last time that he faced Drew McIntyre, he took Drew's title. Yeah, which he was also NXT. caused him to go go get surgery. Yeah, which is they, they interviewed uh, Drew McIntyre later on, and he showed off that scar that was yeah, caused by like, Andrade. Yeah, he's like, this was done, for, like, this was the cause of you. It was TakeOver War Games 2017, fantastic match. Uh, what did he do? He tore his bicep? Uh, no, it's the... The, I guess near his forearm, I think. Mm-hmm. I forgot exactly what he did, but yeah. But so that was going to lead up to the main event later on this evening. Next up, you had Oscar pick up the victory over Ruby Riot. Um, not really much to write home about. I thought it was a good match. It was a qualifier I, for the Money in the Bank ladder match. I couldn't get into it at all. I don't know. Uh, I think Asuka has been really fun to watch these past few weeks. She's been fun, but on the other hand, I feel like Ruby Riot doesn't really make me feel like, I oh, I want to watch this right now. She used to, but not right now. When uh, when Ruby Riot hit her uh, or went for her senton and Asuka locked in the Asuka lock mm-hmm. and Ruby Riot reversed that into that stupid pin that we complained about last week. <laughs> I legit thought it was going to be 
It, uh, yeah, I thought Ruby Riot was going to win. Like, I thought I thought it was super obvious that Asuka was going to win this, but then as the match went on and ke- and things kept getting reversed, I was like, wait a minute, is Ruby Riot I mean, actually going to get this big victory over Asuka? Asuka's already champ, so if she lost to Ruby Riot, I would think that it would be smart. Who did? Who do, who do, do oh, no, now. Champ. Huh? Tag team. No, right? she's not. Oh, no, she lost. Liz Cross. Yeah, she lost. But even still, she's in a tag team. I mean. Yeah. But next up, you had an MVP lounge with. Uh, MVP lounge. It's the VIP lounge, brother. Oh, the, the VIP lounge. But yeah, he announced, uh, which really good on them for for being able to do segments like this still, I guess. And not have it be in the ring. They could just do it from the backstage. But yeah. it was just to announce the Money in the Bank ladder qualifier matches, or Money in the Bank ladder match qualifier matches. It's for, it's for, weird that they flew MVP in just for this. Maybe he lives in Florida. He's a producer now, so I don't know. At that, uh, right now, I'd rather just stay home. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, but uh, but he announced the the matches for next week that we're going to be seeing, which is Matt Mar- They're matches that we've never seen in WWE before, so that's cool. They're uh, Rey Mysterio versus Buddy Murphy. Aleister Black versus Austin Theory, which uh, I I don't know what Zelina Vega said on this. I know she commented about it, though. It's her husband versus her client. And we have Apollo Crews versus MVP. Yeah, some interesting matchups taking place next week. Match up next, we saw Aleister Black defeat Oni Lorcan. Which Good was, match. dude, it was not a standard Aleister Black match, which I was like, I was, I'm such a fan of Lorcan and Birch. And I, yeah, obviously I, mean, I say that every episode. But Oni really, he got good offense it. in. Yeah. And yeah. both of them are so hard hitting that. And I, like, I enjoyed this match. It was nice to see a match like this. Like I get legit excited and uh, like anticipating seeing Oni Larkin chop someone. Yeah. You know? Like I, I'm like I like kind of like with Walter, okay. Like you're you're just waiting for them to because only Lorcan you know has a really mean chop. Yeah. So I'm like it's one of those things where I'm like all right I want to just see him chop someone and then leave that the uh, bruise going across the chest you know. Yeah. And plus just listening to it right now without the crowd <laughs> or anything you can really hear everything. Yeah, and Alistair Black was interviewed afterwards about his game plan for next week, and it was just <laughs> win. Yes, direct into the point. Yeah. Becky Lynch had a promo after that, basically calling out whoever wins the Money in the Bank match. Uh, Ronda Rousey has been talking trash about the WWE Universe, which seems like a complete work. Oh, yeah. So I think we're probably going to be seeing, or maybe, I shouldn't say probably, maybe we'll see her returning soon. I think at some point we'll see her return the match up next, we saw Shayna Baszler defeat Sarah Logan for that uh, qualifier match for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, Baszler was interviewed about Ronda Rousey's comments, but didn't say anything. Nah. I know she took to Twitter and said stuff, but this match was super confusing. I, yeah. You um, and I, I believe, were on the same page. I We both thought it should have been a disqualification because Baszler was not listening to the referee. Yeah, this is like every time that any tag team steps into the ring 
and starts beating down a wrestler, and then the referee tells them to stop, and then they don't stop, and then they call for the bell, or they pull them off the... Like, it just doesn't make sense. And Shayna then, Baszler should have been DQ'd by the referee for not adhering to the rules. And then she, like, went right back into a submission move where I thought, like, the referee calls for the bell, and I'm like, okay, Sarah Logan is... That's, like, odd to have Sarah Logan go into the Money in the Bank ladder match, but I'm fine with that. And uh, I just f- figured it was because, like... Shayna Baszler was not listening to the referee. It was a DQ. They announced Sarah Logan as the winner. Yeah, that was By really... mistake. Yeah. I mean, how do you... I don't get it. I, yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. But Shayna Baszler is advancing to the Money in the Bank ladder match. I, I didn't like this match for the simple fact that it went on too long. She destroyed yeah. every person in the, the Elimination Chamber. Sarah Logan being one of them. Yeah. So this yeah. was a little bizarre, but uh, Seth Rollins throughout the night was cutting promos backstage in like a monotone, almost Festus like state. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, but he yeah, spoke about losing, losing to Kevin Owens. And then, uh, he ends up saying that he's still here for us and the Messiah has truly risen. And then he promised to stomp out all doubt. So that might make like a good it. t-shirt. Stomp out all doubt. I like it a lot. But I obviously you can't you can't have that on a t-shirt, can you? Maybe you can. Yeah, why not? Austin Theory picks up a victory over Akira Tazawa. Zelina Vega on commentary. Enjoy that. Um during this She's match, though, job. What was that? She's always doing a good job. Yeah. What was weird for me during this match? Austin Theory picks up the victory over Tazawa, but Tazawa also has—he's competing in the uh, interim championship tournament. Which, yeah, I don't mind that though. But it's weird to me. Like after the match, you had Zelina Vega's stable come out, and they start to beat down Tazawa, and I'm like, it doesn't make like. Because now he's going to appear on NXT or whatever, and he's going to be fine. Right. And he like not selling anything that just happened. Yeah. So they 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 changed the uh, the TKO officially to the ATL, which is the Austin Theory launch. Hmm. So, but yeah, and, and also, I'm such a fan of Tazawa because he utilizes every aspect of that ring. Yeah, you don't really see it on Raw, NXT, or SmackDown. This week on NXT, you did, but mostly it was just kept to two hundred five live, where the guys were utilizing the ring steps the way that Tazawa did on Monday Night Raw, where he ran across the apron straight onto the the steps to launch off of them. Yeah, I'm like, I love that move. I'm such a fan of when they do that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. After this, Rey Mysterio was interviewed about the money in the bank, and it was kind of weird. Charlie Caruso built it up as if it's something that Rey needs in order to cap off his career. She's like, I don't it's, know why. She's like, it's something you've never been able to achieve or whatever, or something like that that just like made me think, like, why does Rey Mysterio need to win the money in the bank? Like, he's already been at the pinnacle top. Yeah. Like, he's won a Royal Rumble, spent a, a bunch of time in that Royal Rumble. It was like a record-breaking time. At, the, mm-hmm. at that time, at least. And he's already won the, the WWE Championship for, like, five minutes or whatever. And then the, the World Heavyweight Championship. 
But Ray's and then also Ray Mysterio ends it by saying he's putting it all on the line next week. That makes it sound like he's retiring. Yeah. I don't understand what's going on here. I, I feel like he just I feel like they can't make up their mind what to do with Ray, whether or not they should just retire him or they should try to build him up. He's in limbo. And what sucks about that is like I like I think a money in the bank ladder match with Rey Mysterio would be super cool. But I definitely want to see Buddy Murphy in there. Yeah, Buddy Murphy deserves to be in there. He's a younger talent. Put him in there. Yeah. Uh, match up next, we saw Angel Garza defeating Tehuti Miles, uh, which Garza came out, gave a rose and a kiss to a photographer who was <laughs> ringside, which everyone's like, oh, how was this person there? And it's like, that's, by the way, his fiance. <laughs> I might have been maybe the one of the first few people to point that out. But uh, it was a quick spotlight match for Angel Garza. Yeah, but once again, uh, Zillion's crew comes out and beats down Miles. Yeah, and Almas hit the uh, Hammerlock DDT off the, the, well, not off the top rope, but while Tahuti Miles was draped off the top rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so, pretty cool. Yeah, it, um, it's weird how things like fizzled out with Umberto Carrillo, but... Yeah, well, I, I think that everything with Zelina Vegas group is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, and like, this, I mean, this Monday Night Raw was really centered around them. They're standing, yeah, big time. It's like Los Ingobernables de WWE. Yeah. Next up, you had Nia Jax pick up the victory over Kyrie Sane. Um, I wish Asuka was on commentary. They showed her backstage cheering on Kyrie, but yeah, I just wish she was on commentary for this, but. Nia Jax wins with a press slam into a Samoan drop, which I I like um, that move, but I just I wish she stuck with the rampage. We've seen her do it before. Yeah, I feel like we definitely have, and I feel like they built it up as if like, oh my god, it's her brand new move. No, we've seen her do that before. It's nothing, nothing new. Next up, you had a Charlotte promo. Yeah, um, she came out speaking about winning the Royal Rumble. And how it wasn't Becky or Bailey who stepped up, it was Rhea Ripley. And then she moved on to talk about Io Shirai and everyone uh, and everyone else. She said, everyone bows down to the queen eventually. Uh, I'm looking I'm not, forward I to don't really know why this took place on Monday Night Raw and not NXT, but I, yeah. I don't know. After Send all this the is NXT finished, champ down to NXT. Yeah, after all this is over, it's like it's weird because her fiance is on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, so I don't know um, how long we'll see her holding that title for. Who knows? Next up, you had Bobby Lashley alongside Lana pick up the victory over No Way Jose. Yeah, um, Lana kept yelling for Lashley to end it, and Lashley went outside and told her to shut the hell up. Yeah. And then yeah. later on, she kept cheering, and Lashley turned his back, and, and No Way Jose rolled Lashley up. I was like, that's got to be the end of it. I thought for sure that should have been the end of it. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen him get like that quick victory, but he gets hit with that spine buster and spear for uh, Lashley to win. Uh, that should have been the finish, but nope. Matchup next. next saw the Viking Raiders defeat Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. Viking Raiders music hit, and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, the Viking Raiders are going to be built up. They're going to win this match. And then Ricochet's music hit, and I was like, wait a minute. Are they going to lose? <laughs> so I was surprised to see the Viking Raiders win here. I I thought for sure 
after Ricochet and Cedric came out because they were hyping them up for for a bit. Yeah, but I mean, I I would have been legit annoyed if Ricochet and Alexander picked up the victory. Yeah, I I, I thought it was kind of also weird here um, that Ricochet at one point was able to take on both Eric and Ivar at the same time, mm -hmm. but he couldn't do anything with Brock Lesnar? Yeah. I mean, the Viking Raiders are these two gigantic guys that you do not want to step in the ring with, yet Ricochet took on both of them. They're two giant machines? Yeah. They just go to war. Backstage. (laughs) Backstage, the Street Profits were interviewed, and they brought Bianca Belair into the situation, into the interview, and Bianca Belair actually laid it into them, laid into them. She yelled at them because they've never defeated the Viking Raiders. And she told them to stop with the games. Yeah. Then she tosses, uh, um, what's his face? Um, one of the Street Profits, the Wink. Oh, Her I, don't, husband. I don't Montez Ford. Yeah, Montez so Ford. So I'm wondering if we're going to get to see a more serious side of the Street Profits in these coming weeks as they I defend think... the tag team championships. I think that would be cool to see a more serious side of them. Uh, next up, you had the main event of the evening. McIntyre, that of Drew, picked up the victory over Andrade. Um, I, like during, nice... I like during the match where Andrade was working that previously injured arm. Yeah. Like his injury, I guess you could say. Yeah, a little throwback. Yeah. And I liked at one point when McIntyre dumped uh, Almas onto Austin Theory and Angel Garza. And then mm-hmm. attacked Austin Theory. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool too. I like this match a lot. He 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 got to uh, tease doing that draping hammerlock DDT and McIntyre reversed it, hits the hits the Claymore. Yeah. And then, and then Garza attacked Drew McIntyre from behind. Yeah, like right after. And then um, I had like because of that promo earlier, the stomp out what what was the, the T shirt saying? Stomp out all doubt. Yeah. I'm like, did they forget about Seth Rollins? And then, sure enough, Seth Rollins ran down to the ring and hit Drew with the super kick, and then two stomps. Yeah, it was it was good. Which it, I, I I don't know if I'm like looking. I don't want to see. It seems very obvious that that's where the direction of Raw would go, uh-huh. but I don't necessarily think I want to see McIntyre defending the title against Rollins if. Rollins is going to win the championship. So who did Rollins defeat to earn this championship? I think he's match? just he's just stepping up. Yeah, but which it, it he... doesn't make sense. Like he lost to Kevin Owens, so I don't yeah. know where that leads to. But if anything, Kevin Owens should be the one stepping up right now. Yeah, but again, he's facing McIntyre's yeah. face too. But I I I, uh... I really enjoyed Monday Night Raw with everybody. The whole it really focused well, I mean, look on, at Rick, Ricochet, and Alexander, Ricochet and Alexander and Viking Raiders. They're both faces. No, because I think Viking Raiders are quote unquote heels. Like they've done, like we see them as faces, but I'm pretty sure they're being booked as heels. I don't think so. No, I think they are. I don't think so. Like if you, they, if you rewind, if you with the, the faces with Braun Strowman and Ricochet, when and Rollins. 
while that was yeah that was last time they were actually used yeah but like no because the last time they were used i think was at the club pay-per-view where they were booked as what i would say heels against hawkins and ryder i don't know but i really liked i liked monday night raw evolving or not evolving revolving around andrade zelina vega austin theory and angel garza i'm a big fan of what that group has potential wise yeah we'll have to see what happens uh next week on monday night raw um should we, we should we go into the outside of the ring portion because this took place before nxt i was gonna ask you where you wanted to fit that so Wednesday morning, it was announced that Vince McMahon is going to have a company-wide meeting. And there were rumors that maybe it was Vince temporarily stepping down as CEO. And when I say rumors, I mean fan speculation. Yeah, nobody really knew what the meetings were about. And they thought maybe Uh, because... They thought because... Vince McMahon is now involved in a um, a squad. I don't know if you would call it a task force with President Trump, yeah, and other rich billionaires. Mm-hmm. That maybe that's why he would be temporarily stepping down. But then it was announced that it was basically going to be budget cuts, and a lot of employees were going to be released or furloughed. And it's, mm-hmm. like, throughout, from, like, 12.30 to maybe, like, 4 o'clock, more and more information of who was getting released. It was kept... a met, it was a wildfire. It was absolutely insane, but, like, on that whole list, we have Kurt Angle, I guess, relieved of his producer duties. Drake Maverick, who still is in the uh, Cruiserweight Tournament. Tournament. So he has at least three matches left in WWE, which is absolutely... I don't know how you would go out and do that, but I guess you just go out there and show them your all and prove your worth. But also Hawkins and Ryder, which absolutely sucked. Yeah, the the loss of Hawkins and Ryder is really one that hits home for us. Zack Ryder has been with the company for 14 years. Yeah. So uh, it's like insane. And then uh, the OC, Gallows were and Anderson. In, they were just in the main event of WrestleMania. Well, I guess the second, the first main event. Yeah. <laughs> which is just like bizarre. I don't, I like that. Like every single person that was released here, it's just like absolutely bizarre that these releases took place. Heath Slater, another person who's been with WWE for, for, for uh, 14 years. He I mean, was just on the bump last week talking about, like, Drew, like, yeah. I'm so happy you're champion. And Drew's like, oh, maybe one day you'll be champion. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now, and Heath Slater released that video. He's, he's, like, fired up. He's pumped up. He wants to get into the best shape of his life. So maybe the next time we see Heath Slater, he does come back to WWE and he will become champion. I mean, that's what happened with Drew and Jinder. Yeah, other people... Eric Young was released. Eric Rowan was released. Sarah Logan. Just in a match on Monday Night Raw. Who we thought won. Yeah. And also No Way Jose, another one that was in a match on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. Released. Also, I believe Mike Chioda was on Monday Night Raw. Referee yeah, he... since 1980-something, I believe. Nineteen, I think 1989. 
I was going to say 89. I wasn't sure if it was 83, though. But Yeah, I, I mean, Mike Chioda. 31 was, years. Mike Chioda was the referee for, like, one, two, three, ki- three kid versus Razor Ramon. Uh, so many memorable matches. I, I believe he was the head official for WWE right now. Yeah, very, very crazy. Legit, legitimately, my favorite referee of all time was Mike Chioda. I remember at the uh, at, uh, Monday Night Raw event that we went to separately. Mm-hmm. We didn't know we, each other was there until, like, later on. Yeah. But I had, like, really good seats, and I hadn't sat, like, that close ever for a wrestling event. But I had floor seats, maybe in, like, the fourth or fifth row. And I remember during, I think it was during a commercial break, I remember yelling to Mike Kyoto, and he, like, sp- like spots me in the crowd, points to me, and waves. And I was like... Hell ever yeah! Since then, ever since then, Brandon no, wanted to no, be. No, it wasn't. No, I think honestly, I think since like early on from my wrestling watching career, I kind of wanted to be a referee. But yeah, Rocky Johnson had different plans for you, though. <laughs> yeah, but also uh, EC3 was released. Uh, Aiden English was released. Leo Rush, Primo and Epico, Mike and Maria Kanellis, and uh, Rusev. Um, as far as the producers and coaches and other employees that were, I don't know if there were, I think, I don't know if who of this list was laid off or just furloughed. Yeah. They say that some of the producers have been just, uh, um, furloughed IRS. They had him on the bump in the morning at like 1130, 11, maybe 1130 ish. On tax day, what was supposed to be tax day at least. And then within that hour, I think it was, they find out, he finds out he's released from WWE. Yeah. That's bizarre. But also Billy Kidman was, was I don't know, furloughed or, or relieved or whatever. Yeah, we don't know about it. I mean, we don't know about all of them. Yeah, Finley, Pat Buck. Helms. Uh, yeah, Shane Helms, Davari, Scotty Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Lance Storm. Uh, Ace Steel, Serena Deeb, uh, trainers you have, uh, well, Serena Deeb was a trainer, and I think Ace Steel was a trainer as well. I'm not sure if he was a producer. But uh, also uh, Kendo Cashin, who they like recently-ish signed mm-hmm. as, a, as a trainer. Uh, you had a writer from SmackDown, Andrea Lissenberger, who apparently was like lead for Otis and Mandy. All yeah. of that stuff. Jerry Soto, who was a Spanish announcer for WWE, was released. And then NXT talent-wise, you had uh, Dan Mather, who I feel like has been there for a very long time. Yeah. I'm not sure. Deanna Perrazzo, uh MJ Jenkins, Josiah Williams, um, Alexander Jaxic. Uh, Perrazzo was just on Raw last week. Yeah. Putting over Nia Jax. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Anybody it's, else? Um, yeah, it says Alyssa Miles. I'm not sure who specifically that is. Mm-hmm. And John uh, Cuesto? Yeah, very... He was, uh, I, I know he did commentary for 205 Live at one point. 
I mean, it's very unfortunate, and we're like, you know, it, it stinks for all these wrestlers. These are their dream jobs that they lose, and especially with everything going around with coronavirus, that during a time like right now, where it's very difficult to get a job, that these people are being laid off. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like, and everyone's like, "How dare Vince McMahon screw Vince McMahon?" Um, but Shane Helms took to Twitter. He's like, or I think it was Twitter. And he's like, I, like, I get why people are upset, but don't like, it's definitely, it was definitely like one of the last thing Vince McMahon wanted to do. Yeah. I mean, it, it's business is business, but it's not something that I'm sure he's getting off on, you know? Yeah. And I saw Natty tweet out saying that I, that she thinks the odds are, are quite good for uh, how many of these people will come back. So I do hope that's definitely true. I hope this is not the end of the careers of most of these people. Yeah, I mean, you have guys like Maverick saying how he thinks that this is going to be his last time wrestling. Yeah. But then you don't know. Like, you have him appearing in videos with EC3 now. And who knows? Maybe they'll be booked as a duo somewhere else. So with that being said and everything... So let's do perspective and stuff like that. So with everybody that's been released, who do you think is going to end up with AEW? Who do you think would end up there? Or who do you think would be the best fits to end up there? Uh, I don't even, I don't know. Like, I, I think, so I, with, with the fact that they have, uh, Luke Harper there as the exalted one. I don't think it's far fetched if we would see Rowan. I think that would be. A, I think that Rowan could be a good fit there, especially because they they don't like. I mean, they have Archer, but I think they could always use more big guys. And I think Rowan would be good there. He would be a good fit. I would absolutely love for them to replace Excalibur on commentary with Aiden English. I I know that would I, like I know that would never happen, but I would totally be a okay with that one. <laughs> Do you see Aiden English doing that for AEW though? I don't. I yeah, me neither. I I could see. I don't see most of these people going to AEW though. It's it's I, I could see them trying. I know. I could see I could see OC going there. Even I I don't know. I could see them going back to Japan. I feel like Japan to go back to Japan. Going back to Japan isn't that great of a thing anymore. But, like, wait, like we wait, only... wait, 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 though. If you, like, I, I know you don't think so, but, like, they were there at, like, the peak of oh, New yeah. Japan. So once they left, it was, like, that's when it, like, maybe starts, like, fizzling out. But it, it didn't, I don't even think it fizzled out. It's just, like, it, it had, like, a, a super peak year for the United States. I, I, I... So them going back, I think, would be like a huge thing for New Japan. Maybe if they go to, but what is there to do in New Japan? I mean, I I'm not even aware of what's happening with New Japan. But and I also, feel like... there's also the whole thing like after all of this is over, like maybe these guys are still with WWE. Maybe they do get signed back to WWE. Yeah, we don't. Right we now, have it's no... like. It's like right now, maybe it was like a strategic cut almost where it's like 
they know who who would be loyal to WWE and like right now they're not being used they're sitting at home so they could I believe now they could collect unemployment I don't know how yeah that... they could I, I believe they could collect unemployment and they can I mean it, and then WWE is saving a, a lot of money by even just releasing yeah, I think it was these... like seven hundred and eight thousand dollars or whatever yeah that's that's wild. Um, but I, I could see OC going to Japan or AEW, um, Ryder and I, Hawkins. I, I honestly, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's so weird to think of Zack Ryder as not WWE. Like Hawkins, we saw when, when he was released the first time he went to, he did a bunch of independent wrestling. He did TNA, Global Force. So it's. Not as far fetched to see that, but if if Hawkins goes, then I could see maybe Ryder doing it too. And Ryder's really great friends with Cody. Cody put yeah, out so a it, really beautifully uh, worded Instagram post about Ryder. Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like like Ryder. He I, I I he's totally loyal to WWE, so it's tough to see him elsewhere. But because of the association with Cody. I could see it happening, and then like Hawkins with M- with uh, uh, MJF and stuff like that, and they're also I feel and, like they're Statlander. buddy. Yeah, Statlander. I feel like they are buddy buddy with like Jericho to a point. Yeah, you well, know? I, I don't even know. I still don't know if this is true or not. But didn't Zack Ryder write like the forward for Jericho's book at one point, like as like a <laughs> joke or something? I have no. I, clue. I don't think it actually made print, but I mean, but outside of that, like Perazzo, I. I could see Prazo maybe with like a Ring of Honor. Well, I mean, she would be fantastic for for AEW. Yeah, but most yeah, likely, that's true. I, but most likely it could be ROH because I think that's where Scarl is. Yeah, I mean, there's and so again many... and again, it's like thinking about like who, if AEW were to pick up these talents. I mean, pre- it's like we just spoke about how this week's episode of Dynamite might be the absolute worst episode of Dynamite. NXT won in the ratings by a few thousand. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like a few thousand, like uh, like maybe 5,000, 4,000-ish. Uh-huh. It was like a 9,000 number. But if these guys go there, like what's the – what are these storylines? Because they're, they don't have many storylines that like – Would you do – in an invasion angle or no? I know. You know who we I, are. Sometimes I feel like. I'm but you so, don't know why we're here. Yeah, I feel Ryder like. Some definitely people would don't, be all over that. <laughs> I, I feel like some people don't like invasion angles. I love them. Do you think that they pick up Rowan, Ryder, like some of these names and do an invasion with AEW without calling, like. I couldn't refer see them to them as that. WWE? I I don't think I could see them doing that. I'd be all for that though. I'm I like a lot of I mean, people this, didn't this like the, the invasion. Company that but I liked it. Not, I mean, but you this is the same company that is not displaying uh, Vince McMahon on camera. You right. know yeah. his actions on camera. It's just coincidence. So I wouldn't put it past. I feel like it would definitely get a lot of people to talk and watch it because you want to see how it plays out. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it was it, it felt really weird watching NXT because I, I know like most of them wouldn't have been on NXT that week, but 
it just felt super like I was gutted from like twelve thirty to like nine thirty. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's, like, yeah, it's just like it's completely unexpected. It was completely unexpected. I mean, there's there's also MLW uh, and other places that they can explore, but I feel like some of these wrestlers we're gonna see just pop up here and there on independence. Um. And that may be it, you know? And, yeah, and also Pat Buck and uh, Kurt Hawkins, they still have Creative Pro. They still have Wrestle Pro. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And and also Hawkins and Ryder have their, their podcast. I mean, all, a lot of them are going to be opening up Pro Wrestling Tees. Yeah, Zach, shops. Zach Ryder, Matt, has the number one best-selling shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees right now. Yeah, so everyone, go over to ProWrestlingTees.com uh, and buy all these wrestlers that were just released. Buy all of their t-shirts. Go support them. Uh, go help them out and everything like that. But uh, talking about NXT and everything, want to talk about some NXT now? Yeah, the first matchup that we saw was Finn Balor defeating Fabian Eichner, which uh, it was a good match. It just it's like a further build up towards Balor versus Walter. Yeah, I mean it's one of his cronies and stuff, so it totally fit in. After that, they aired a pre-taped segment. I'm pretty sure they like advertised Charlotte for NXT, but it was a pre-taped segment um, where she's basically saying that nobody backs it up like her. Like she's, yeah, they were, she's... They, they were probably like, oh, we. By accident, we wanted her to be on NXT, but we actually had her live on Raw instead. It was an uh, interesting pre-tape, though. She she put R- Ray Ripley over as the future, and randomly, she said they they brought up how her very first opponent in NXT or on NXT was Mia Yim, and she yeah. puts Mia Yim over and says that she wants Mia Yim to have the first shot at her championship. Yeah, that was pretty interesting. So it's like I don't know when we're going to be seeing EO versus Charlotte but I guess I'm, we're seeing Flair versus Mia Yim in the cards which I'm all for. I'm excited for that. Match up next we saw Zaya Lee defeat Aaliyah and I guess we do get confirmation that Aaliyah did attack Zaya Lee backstage. Yeah, she took credit for it. I I wish this match was more like hard hitting though. Yeah, it could have been more hard-hitting, but it was a nice little match. Yeah. Um, Last week, we discussed that William Regal announced that uh, due to the current situation, Jordan Devlin will not be able to travel to the United States, so he has the interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament. We found out that it's going to be Group A versus group B where it's group A facing each other in a round robin style tournament group B same thing all the superstars they face each other and then whoever has the best records from both groups I believe will go on to face each other I believe this is the standard G1 that New Japan does yeah very similar Um, in group A we have Drake Maverick Tony Nese Kushida and Jake Atlas and Group B, we have Isaiah Swerve Scott, Akira Tozawa, Jack Gallagher, and El Hijo del Fantasma. Who had a really cool hype vignette uh, later on. Yeah. You know? Uh, but Tozawa opens up this tournament, defeating Swerve. Was not expecting Tozawa to win this. 
after he lost on Raw, I was just like, how are you going to have him lose on Raw and then win on in a tournament bracket? But uh, but this was it was a really good match. It was fun to watch. I like mm-hmm. the the counters that they kept doing. I, I liked. I thought it was good. And like uh, it really seemed like Isaiah Scott was going to win this. But yeah, he had really nice chain wrestling into. He did some chain wrestling into like the German suplex that looked really cool. Yeah, and then Tazawa promised to to be cruiserweight champion again. Yeah, it's weird. Why why did they start with Group B? I mean, why did they start with Group B? I don't know. No clue. But yeah, like you were saying, that Phantasma vignette aired, and I am pumped to see him debut. Yeah, I'm really happy that they did a lot of background on him. I don't know anything about him. They covered they covered that he's a second generation wrestler, so that's awesome. They showed off. I don't know. I don't remember if it was footage or just pictures from AAA. I want to say footage. I yeah, they showed actual footage because I think I remember them showing him diving to the outside of the ring. But very, very surprising, he's wearing his mask again. Yeah. When he signed, he was unmasked. Nah, it's cool that they're putting the mask back on him. He lost a mask versus mask match in uh, in 2008, or was it mask versus career? I don't know if it was mask versus career or mask versus mask, but in 2018 at Triple Mania, he lost to L.A. Park. And that's where one of those, like, uh, really, like, clippable moments happened where when he was taking off his mask he was in the ring with his father phantasma and uh his son and his son is at one point looking right at la park and like with an angry face does like the throat cut at him and like i don't know if he points at la park or whatever but Mm -hmm. it was like one of those clips that like blew up i don't remember it yeah, but I'm so pumped to see El Hijo del Fantasma. I don't know if he's just going to be going as Fantasma. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, next up, you had Tegan Knox pick up the victory over Raquel Gonzalez. Uh, very, I guess, a little bit surprised that Raquel lost on this just because she's supposed to be a powerhouse and everything. You know what uh, surprised me, though? I wasn't. I don't know why. I sh- like it's like a no brainer, but I wasn't expecting Dakota Kai to accompany Raquel to the ring. Why? I have no idea. As soon as it like, it, as soon as she came out with her, I was like, I, I don't, I didn't, wasn't expecting this. And then like once I thought about it, I was like, why would you not expect that? Yeah. I, I just, I have no idea. But Dakota Kai ends up kicking Tegan Knox in the face behind the referee's back. And Shotzi Blackheart runs down, attacks Dakota Kai from behind, and then Raquel Gonzalez went to go choke slam Shotzi off of the ring apron. But Tegan Knox got the roll up to win. And next week we are going to be seeing Shotzi Blackheart teaming up with Tegan Knox to take on Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. And I'm pumped for that match. Yeah, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Next up, you had a promo from the North American champ Keith Lee. Yeah, it was a, well, not more so like a video vignette, I guess you would say. Yeah. To, uh, it was him speaking about how his grandmother of all people were the ones, uh, was the one to get him into pro wrestling and how when he was older, he dropped absolutely everything to go wrestle and he got kicked out by his dad. His dad disapproved of it, of him dropping everything. So it's cool to see how he went from that to where he is now in WWE. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Next up, you had Dexter Loomis pick up the victory over to Houthi Miles. Um, I was ex- I was happy to see Dexter once again. Uh, really nice spine buster. Yeah, I, I love the gimmick. I love. I really like everything. And Tahuti Miles really showboating a lot, showing his charisma at the yeah. start of the match, but it, it didn't really last too long. It ended with, I guess, what we're all going to be calling the Anaconda Vice. I know it's not that- exactly the Anaconda Vice, but commentary called it that. So mm-hmm. after that, we saw a backyard promo from Adam Call. Adam Call. Adam Cole. <laughs> talking trash to Velveteen Dream, and Dream was waiting the whole night for Adam Cole to show up. But Adam Cole's like, you don't deserve a title shot. Nobody deserves a title shot. Velveteen Dream. Why do they call him the Velveteen Dream? Is it Velveteen Dream or the Velveteen Dream? I don't know. On on his nameplate, everything, it says the Velveteen Dream. So that's what it is. It's the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, but we always refer to him as Velveteen Dream. But it, I think that everybody always because well, they all they also say the Dream. Yeah, but I mean, I think on his nameplate and everything, it says the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, who knows? But after that, Velveteen Dream came out into the arena to speak to Adam Cole, and from behind, Finn Balor approaches. Claiming that he's the greatest NXT champion of all time. And he warned Velveteen Dream. And then Dream challenged him to a match next week. So we're seeing Finn Balor versus Velveteen Dream. Yeah. That's like a... To me, that's like takeover level quality. I, I I'm excited for that. After this, we saw a promo from Malcolm Bivens. Saying it does not matter who wins the tag team titles later on as his team Indus sure will be the ones taking the titles from them. I'm excited to see more of Indus sure. And uh, earlier in that, that day on the bump, William Regal announced that due to Pete Dunn, not being able to defend the, the NXT tag team championships, Pete Dunn will be replaced in the tag team championships uh, scene for right now. But Pete Dunn will announce his his uh, replacement. Dunn gets on the screen to announce who he's picked. And I'm sitting there thinking, who is it going to be? Maybe it'll be Dijakovic. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, all right, who on the roster is there right now? But I'm also thinking, like, it's got to be, like, a big enough name for them to hype it up. I was thinking, like, you texted me uh, would be super far-fetched, but you texted me Randy Orton. I, yeah. I think I think I would I be so. I, I think I would be down for RK bro. <laughs> I love it, RK bro. But That's perfect. Pete, Pete Dunn announces his replacement is the debuting Timothy Thatcher. I I marked has to be at least for in my years that I've watched professional wrestling. I think Thatcher might be the first person to debut as champion that I've seen. Yeah. I know some people were saying uh, the ringmaster did, but that's not true. I went back to actually rewatch the ringmaster promo, and in his, he debuts, and Ted DiBiase talks about how he wants to give him the championship, and then he gives him the championship, which means for the 
two minutes or whatever before he had the championship, he was not champion. <laughs> Timothy Thatcher entered as champion. By technicality. Yeah, so... And, and there was points during this I thought maybe uh, they were losing the titles, but... No way. I, I don't really? know. I, yeah, I... I yeah, no, I, I did didn't think so, but uh, Kyle O'Reilly was not here because I believe he they they said he's diabetic in uh, in on the actual show they said he was injured, mm-hmm. but I guess because he has, he has diabetes he's uh, more susceptible. Yeah, it's an underlying on. factor. So Roderick Strong tagged with Bobby Fish to take on Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Thatcher and Riddle picked up the victory. Loomis, Dexter Loomis was randomly in the crowd watching them from the darkness, which I thought was super weird. It was totally random. I'm like, where is he right now? Especially because like he's not even in the the tag division. Yeah, it, it's just him. So, oh, he may have his eyes on Thatcher. I mean, at some point, Pete Dunn is going to come back for that. Yeah. I, I always figured that it was going to end up like, with this route now that Dunn would come back and then you'll have like Thatcher said after the match, Hey, in the exclusive uh, Riddle tried to give him the championship. He's like, no, no, that's not my, that's oh. Pete Dunn's. I'll help you defend it, but it's not oh, mine. That's really cool. But I'm, I'm still counting him as champion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said, he said that it's not his to carry. So he's having Riddle carry both championships. Oh, wow. but I, that's I like that a lot. I hope they air that on the on the show next week. Yeah, he said that he'll he'll help them defend, but he's not going to carry that championship. That's really cool. So with that being so with that, I figured that Thatcher was just like, don't like it was pretty much something like on the lines of, don't worry, when the time is right, I'll let you know how you can help me out, something like that. And then they go to war, brother. Yeah, so I'm thinking enter, like enter Thatcher's, war games. I figured Thatcher is going to go into a feud with Dunn or Riddle at some point, but I didn't. I don't uh, know where Dexter Loomis is fitting in this. Yeah, but Timothy Thatcher was a really nice surprise. I, I thought his uh, his belly to belly suplexes were very unique. Dude, those were. It's so simple. Yeah, you know, like it's so simple. How many times have you seen anybody do that? I never. Exactly. It is so. I feel like the most simple moves are the moves that nobody ever thinks to do because they're so simple. But when you do it, it looks awesome. And uh, but Thatcher I, ends up I, picking up the victory with the the armbar. Yeah, it's really really cool to see. But at ten o'clock, the end of NXT, Champa was said to be there. And uh, Champa was there, and he's like, "I'm done with Johnny and Candice. It's over." He congratulated Johnny Gargano for being the better man, and then he gets German suplex from behind. The camera falls over, and in walks. You see uh, a boot, high heel boot or whatever, and somebody bends down. You got Killer Cross, carrying. Carrion Cross, which I think is a bizarre name change. Yeah, Carrion Cross. Which is, is it's like weird because there's the wrestler who wrestled as Jason Cross, whose real familiar. name whose real name is Jason Carrion. 
and now it's carry on cross. I thought that was super weird. I don't know. I don't know if that's like a coincidence or something. Warp, warp dimensions. That, that he was on a reality show too, though. He was on Married at First Sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was, but it was carrying carrying cross. Uh, and I guess we don't know her name yet, but Scarlett Bardo uh, took out Ch- uh, Champa. Yeah. Uh, very very exciting stuff. Very cool to see. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, it should be very interesting to see how, what happens with that stuff. Mm-hmm. But that was NXT moving on to SmackDown. Kicks off with a moment of bliss with special guest Braun Strowman reuniting Team Little Big. Um, I, go on. I, I always love uh, Team Little Big. You know, it's like, it's uh, always... <laughs> like them eating at Applebee's with Emma yeah. Moon. I, I whenever I see Team Little Big, it just reminds me of Wreck It Ralph. I've never seen that film. What? Really? Yeah. Like I know you have I, I don't you, you, you I enjoy think, animation and stuff. I think the reason why I have not seen that is because I don't like Sarah Silverman. I'm very surprised. Like I find her voice to be really annoying and she's not funny. Yeah, but the guy from The Office is that in was it. A, that was a terrible impression, but whatever. <laughs> I I think people got the point. But the guy from the uh, not The Office. Um, I know John C. Riley plays whatever his name is. The crush. Yeah. What is his name? Wreck It Ralph. Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Alexa, I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking of Thirty Rock. Uh, guy from Thirty Rock. He was on Thirty Rock. No, no, no. One of the voiceover actors in the movie is from Thirty Rock. Oh, so surprised that. Uh, Kenny. I think his name is Kenny. Kenneth? Kenneth, the page. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Jack yes. McBrayer. Yeah, so I'm surprised that you haven't seen it. You really should, now that, like, you nah, know. I mean, it's on Disney+, Plus, so I'll get there one of these days, maybe sooner than later. I think that you would enjoy it. Check think, it out. I think the sequel might be on there as well, so. Yeah, check it out. But Alexa Bliss asks Braun Strowman about Bray Wyatt and what he said last week, and Braun's like, if Bray wants to challenge gonna come get these hands and then there was randomly a present in the corner and braun randomly gets up and he's like oh you shouldn't have (laughs) yeah it was just like mid-interview they're drinking the tea and stuff or whatever coffee it's coffee yeah drinking the coffee and it's a little bit bitter or burnt um and he just randomly looks over he's like oh a present (laughs) it's like oh okay and alexa's like i didn't get that for you Braun. and i'm like oh man please be the sheep mask Mm -hmm. and then it opens up and it's the sheep mask i pop for that yeah i pop for that too and And then it it was like he saw a ghost yeah and then the segment ends with bray wyatt's laughter being played on loop and a uh, freeze frame on a picture of Braun in the mask yeah, and then I next week cool. they announced next week a uh, retrospective of sorts of uh, a look back between the history of Bray and Braun. So, yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah. Uh, next up, you had Tamina pick up the victory over Sasha Banks. Uh, Bailey was on commentary. It, I thought she did a really good job on commentary too. Yeah, and I saw some people like trashing it. I'm like, I thought she did quite well. I don't know. And uh, this, the match starts off with Sasha Banks trying to give Tamina a, uh, a T-shirt, a Sasha Banks T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, it's it's too, what, it's too small she said, or I'm an XL said, or whatever. She, yeah, she said that, uh, like, this is a small, I'm an XL. 
Yeah, and she throws it back, whatever. And uh, I, I enjoyed this match. You know, what does it say about Sasha Banks, though? You know, yeah, like she what, what, what? was at the top of her game for a long time. And now she's losing to Tamina. Well, we know it's leading to, and also now Tamina gets a, uh, I believe, a title shot next week, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Next week it's her versus Bailey. Or uh, I is mean, it I, not a title shot, or it is. I, I, don't, I don't know. Think it's a title shot, but it's ultimately probably leading to Bailey versus Sasha Banks. It has to. Yeah, of course. I mean, you could tell because they keep on bringing it up uh, on commentary. They asked her. Uh, oh, did you see what Sasha Banks tweeted out saying, like, what if I win? What do I get? And Bailey was just like, Bailey's response was total heelish. She was she just gets like, the respect back. Yeah. Yeah. She gets the respect back from all the fans. And, uh, you should, and then she's just saying, like, you shouldn't be asking me stuff like this and stuff like that. Yeah, but Lacey but she, Evans. Well, yeah. Tamina was distracted at one point by Bailey, and Lacey Evans ran out and took Bailey out. That to yeah. me seems more heelish because Bailey didn't really do anything to me to Tamina. I know. Well, well, Lacey just—I mean—her explanation is that she just wants to go after Banks. Yeah, she's Sasha Banks is getting a taste of her own medicine, and she's so I not going to stop until the mission is complete. Yeah, so I guess we're going to see Lacey versus Banks before we see Banks versus Bailey. Oh, definitely, yeah. But I, mean, uh, I think Sasha Banks did an incredible job selling everything for Tamina. Yeah, like the super I, kicks look fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you. Up next, we had Sheamus defeating Denzel Dijun. You overthought it. Yep. <laughs> Try again. I, I you can't. know it. It's you not, did no, it last week. I, I said Dijunet, and it's not Dijunet. No, come on. You said it last week. <laughs> You're overthinking of it. Come on. I can't. You should know. Sheamus defeated Denzel Dijunet. There you go. It's the damn spelling of the name. I can't, like, I'm not, I don't know, man. <laughs> and Michael Cole screwed me up. He said it. I said it right before the show, too, right before we yeah, were recording. Yeah, you were good. Last week he was on, and you did it good. Um, I was surprised that he had fighted him in the beginning of the match. But most but... importantly, I, this, to me, kind of felt like a Shayna Baszler, Sarah Logan spot. Why was the referee not, like, or, I mean, not really at all because the referee was actually counting in the or not really even counting in the match on Raw. But why wasn't the referee counting here when Sheamus was doing all those elbows to Denzel's yeah, head? Yeah, I, I did think commentary actually brought it up too, I believe. Like he, I think, he, was, he looked knocked out. Yeah, I think commentary even said, why, why is the ref not counting or something like that? And I was just like, wow, they're, they're right. He should be counting right now to break the break it up yeah it was weird but Sheamus ends it with a bro kick and then commentary brought up Jeff Hardy and Sheamus went over to Michael Cole and yelled at him for talking about Jeff and not him but they showed another career retrospective for Jeff Hardy and they brought up the the pain pill addiction and everything so going forward it's, we're going to be seeing it, more of these they they announced a third part three for next week yeah and it's crazy seeing them dive deep into this like dark area of Jeff yeah, Hardy man seeing the I mean I've seen that Waffle House clip before and it's always like hard to watch I don't know if I have but it, it's always uncomfortable to see this stuff but on the other hand it's it's pretty it's important to see this too because uh I mean it's kind of like his acceptance for what his actions 
have done. Yeah. But also I think like it's a good thing for other wrestlers to see what wrestler what a wrestler like Jeff Hardy is did go through and that he was able to get through it, you know? I, it would be really interesting if maybe they use footage from Impact from TNA. Oh, I hope not. I I hate I mean I you 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 just video. said it's like a a cautionary tale of sorts. Yeah, I I mean it's kind of like a what ems if they if, with Eddie Guerrero with his drinking and stuff, what happens if they kind of put that, like spoke to him, kind of like had him help him go through it, rehab and stuff like that, like they did. Yeah, well, but I then, mean, look what they, I mean, Hawk, they put it into his gimmick. Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of <laughs> the wrong way of going yeah. about it. But, you know, like maybe like if you, you can, you can kind of enlighten younger wrestlers that see this stuff. Yeah. And it's also good for the wrestler themselves. So backstage, but, Carmella confronted Dana Brooke about her being in a money in the bank qualifier match and how she's not really focusing on their tag team championship match. And uh, I brought this up last week. How yeah. she going to be doing both? And Carmella looked annoyed here, but Dana Brooke went on to actually defeat Naomi to earn a spot in the money in the bank match. I was surprised. The match, it took, I don't know if you thought this as well, but the match was mainly, like, a lot of pinning. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely it, wasn't expecting Dana to win. She she kicked out of the rear view and then moved I, out of the way of Naomi's uh, moonsault and hit a, yeah. a sunset flip. Who wins these days with a sunset flip? I, I, I like that. I, I'm, I like that Dana Brooke won. It's something different. And I know you mentioned it. You mentioned it first. I was a hater for a while, but she's improved a lot. So yeah. Um, but speaking of the money in the bank ladder matches, they announced something very interesting. The money in the bank pay per view. I believe. I guess it'll still take place in uh, Orlando. But the money in the bank ladder matches themselves will be airing from WWE headquarters in Connecticut. Yeah. It starts on the ground floor and the briefcase is on the top, on the roof. And it's a uh, climb the corporate ladder tagline. I marked out big time for this. So this is going to (laughs) be for all of the titles. They're going to be this sort of a setting. What do you mean? I mean, I totally marked out all the titles. Isn't it all tight? Uh, I mean, all briefcases. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's just two yeah. briefcases, though. Oh, I mean, I. It's unbelievable. It's a weird, crazy thought, but like Chris uh, shot me a text. It's gonna be. It's gonna be one of those cinematog- uh, cinematography. Yeah, cinematic C- matches. Cinematic. Yeah, it, it's definitely pre. Apparently, there's there were already leaked photos of the roof. Really? Which annoys me. Yeah. I'm excited to see the roof. Um, the last time I, I think we saw the roof might have been uh, 1993 with the, <laughs> for Monday Night Raw, like the the debut. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I they feel might, like I they might have been on there after that, but I feel like I remember a clip of up there when they were changing the flags. They we might have even seen it during that blizzard. Yeah, but I it's gonna. I mean, we I think I, we definitely might have actually seen that on during the blizzard. I hope that we get to see 
Um, dude, there's so Some many places dude. that we haven't seen. But even forget about what we haven't seen. What we have seen, like think of like people going through Titan Towers or Titan Tower. Is it Tower yeah. Towers? And like going into Vince McMahon's office and seeing the uh, the dinosaur skull. Yeah. Or, or going through that that corridor for the Super Bowl commercial. Uh huh. Going into the conference room where he's gonna pee, he's gonna puke. Where that took place. Going into the neon gym. I like. I'm so pumped and ready for this match. These matches. Yeah, I it think it's be, gonna be a lot of fun. It should be very interesting, and I hope everybody gets on board with this because I'm like super pumped. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know that. I already saw some tweets out there, like, uh, opposing it. But I'm like, I feel like the people that are opposing it also oppose the other matches, too. And maybe this is just a giant send-off to the building. That's true. The building they has been in our... It's been in our life for... I mean, as long as I watched wrestling, it was there. So where are they moving to? I don't know specifically, but a little... Uh... Another place in in Connecticut. I I thought that their location was prime. Well, but I mean, who knows? Maybe rent went up or something. I, I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what happened, but uh, I think it's it it it's closer to their TV studio. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, so talking about it being... should be very interesting. Nah. Well, next up, you had an amazing promo by Sonia Deville. Yeah, she um, begged Mandy Rose to come out so she could apologize. Mandy came out. Sonya, not actually crying, but like whimpering, I guess. Yeah. Uh, whimpering's a bad term, but. No, no, you're right. She was like whimpering trying to get her case over. A whimpering sounds like a, like a uh, a weak sort of word. I, I would say that she sounded weak at first. I think it was more like a vulnerable. Okay. But yeah. she she's like. I, I want to tell you so. I want to tell you. You're selfish. And then, like, everybody's like, oh, snap. Yeah, and she was like, fire and desire was never about us. It was always about Mandy. Everything has always been. Song. Yeah, everything has always been about Mandy. And she's like, I'm going to ruin your life. And then Dolph came out before Mandy could attack Sonya. And Sonya ends up knocking Mandy to the mat. And Dolph's like, what are you doing? And Otis ran down, attacked Ziggler. They brawl. So I assume we're going to get some sort of tag team match between the two of them at uh, Money in the Bank. What kind of a match is it? Uh, what do you mean? What kind of match would it be? Oh, just uh, intergender. Oh, I got you. <laughs> Set me up for the line again. <laughs> yeah. So with that being said, what kind of a match would it be? A mixed match challenge. Yeah. <laughs> but man, oh man, did this segment pull at the heart strings. Ah, uh, bring it up. Go there. Dolph Ziggler sporting a Hawkins and Ryder t-shirt. What a fantastic friend. Yo, Ziggler has been, I mean, and then you see him on Twitter too, buying a bunch of t-shirts and stuff. It, it's really, really cool. Yeah, uh, like even, But Ziggler, even, I mean. At random points in his career, like, let's, like, rewind to 2013. He always, like, wore Ryder merch. Yeah, but, I mean, like, it's kind of, it's weird that he wore their merch on air. 
it's kind of one of those things like who who gave clearance on that i maybe i don't know i maybe nobody cleared it but ziggler does what ziggler wants and i'm fine with that i mean imagine if he's trying to get released i don't think so i mean i mean we always heard those rumors well no he just re-signed a contract too right i'm not sure a bunch of the people that were released did though oh yeah true um but like you said this segment overall i think it was good yeah they uh they did air a tribute video to howard finkel which was always it's always nice to to rewind his career we spoke about some of those moments earlier on in the show yeah it's it's nice that they they uh acknowledged him and everything yeah and uh, after that, they aired a Forgotten Sons vignette, which I think it was very much needed for for when they were in NXT. And why they never had it is like beyond me. Yeah, I think this was this was good. It, it kept them fresh in the minds of people who may not know them. And I'm um, I'm happy with it. I think that they're a solid unit. And I've always I'm I'm a Mark for Gunner. Yeah. So next up, you had a Money in the Bank qualifier match. Daniel Bryan picking up the victory over Cesaro. Uh, Daniel Bryan had Gulak by his side, and Cesaro had Nakamura by his side. Before this match even really got started, though, we had another hacker video. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ticket. Ticket. And the hacker says some... No, it wasn't it during the match? It was, like, right after, like, the... They, they started like was... the match. Daniel Bryan, I think, hit a uh, suicide dive. Yeah, to the outside of the ring. And then it cut into the hacker. Yeah, and the hacker's main thing, takeaway from this, was some keep their friends close, others keep their enemies closer. And in the clip, they had videos of the Usos. They had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. They had Miz and Morrison. Boston Hug and New Day. Yeah, it's very weird because who's going to be exposed? I mean, I think all of, all of them have been, I guess not all of them because Ms. Morrison, but I mean, New Day, we've well, always no, spoke about it. Specifically, Boston Hug and, and uh, Bliss. I mean, a little bit of Bliss and Cross, but outside of that, it's really the only team that ever showed signs of that would be Boston Hug. I'm yeah, but we also always thought that New Day was gonna separate at some point. I I yeah, Which I, I saw stink. a lot of people saying hopefully it's Big E. However I don't know. I'm gonna save it. That's that's I'm the thing put a like in that. I mean there's that stuff with New Day that even when Kofi was champion, we always said that what happens if somebody turned on him to cost him the championship? Yeah, there were points, I think, during that run where we were like, oh my god, is Big E about to turn? Exactly. So what's not to say they're gonna not going to play on that? I mean, I'm, you I'm also gonna, had... You also I am have... going to put a pin on that, though, and what okay. I'm going to say. All right. Well, you also had Bliss and Cross, where it's one of those things where you know... Yeah, that's Bliss, also... Uh, deep down inside... We don't know Bliss's intentions. Right. And Nikki Cross is always like accepting things on behalf yeah, of the team I, without thinking. I mean, the Usos would be tough to see. 
But I, I, I'm all for it. Uh, but during the match, I popped Cesaro, hit that gorilla press, go to sleep, which I feel like way more people should have been talking about. Yeah, that was an awesome spot. Yeah, and then uh, the match ends. The yes, uh, Daniel Bryan had the yes lock locked in. Nakamura tried to break it up, but it would have caused Daniel Bryan to win regardless, which is one pro wrestling season.com says marking out. Mm-hmm. So that was weird, but uh, Drew Gulak stopped Nakamura from getting involved, and Cesaro tapped. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan's in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Which is going to be fun. Uh, they announced for next week Money in the Bank ladder match qualifying matches Drew Gulak versus King Corbin, as well as Lacey Evans versus Sasha Banks. Hmm. What's your picks? Um, who I would like to see would be Gulak and Sasha Banks, who I think would probably end up being, and it would be Corbin and Lacey Evans. I'm going to say that it's going to be Corbin and Banks. It, that wouldn't make sense. Think about the whole history there. What do you mean? Like, Sasha Banks is getting knocked down tier by tier by tier. She mm-hmm. lost to Tamina tonight. Surely she's going to be losing next week to Lacey Evans. It's got to like it's got to build up in order to have Sasha Banks versus Bailey. That's got to be a huge build. And here she's doing everything for Bailey, and Bailey's not doing anything for her. She keeps losing. She lost that. I like, she lost. She got eliminated at WrestleMania because of Bailey. Yeah, your rationale does make sense. I'm going to maintain, but your rationale does make sense. Backstage, Elias was walking to come out and perform, but got attacked by King Corbin. Just uh, totally beaten down. Yeah, Corbin dragged him all over the, the backstage area of the performance center, beat him with his scepter, and just as Elias went to get up, he smashed his guitar over his back. I was expecting for somebody to make the save. I don't know who. I'm Nobody, nobody was there at all, no. uh, which, I mean, is expected right now. But when, he, when after all that happened and Corbin walked away, he goes, he's over here, boys. I thought we were going to see like a tag team or something like show up or something like that. I don't know. Huh. Or, well, or, next uh, up, Dark Order, Black and Yellow show up. <laughs> next up, you had the main event of the evening. Tag team titles on the line in the triple threat match. Big E picking up a victory over Jay Uso and The Miz. Uh, New Day. Eight time tag, tag team champions. champions. Yeah, I like, um, first of all, right off the bat, Big E taking or trying to take advantage of the no DQ rule and tore apart the announce table, but Miz and Jay kicked him in the face and then suplexed him through the table. Yeah, I thought that was good. I like that Big E tried to do his, uh, his hip thrust to the camera, but realized that the camera was stationary and wasn't getting his hips, so he went to the other camera. (laughs) I didn't notice that. Yeah, with his entrance, he was looking at the hard cam, but the hard cam didn't show from the waist down. So he goes to the camera off to the side, so this way they caught his hips. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, the match yeah. ends. Uh, Miz has Jey Uso locked in the figure four, and Big E picks him picks Miz up out of that into the, the big ending and wins. I still don't like the big ending. But... Now that Miz and Morrison aren't champions, mm-hmm. we had that hacker video. It doesn't make sense for with Miz and Morrison. I don't know. 
Maybe. It doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, right now it doesn't make sense, but maybe we're just not seeing something. And we'll get a heel Miz. Ah, please. Well, or, I mean, or a bigger heel Miz. Yeah, yeah, bigger heel Miz. I, I feel like he's heel now, but no, no, he's definitely heel right now. Yeah, bigger heel Miz. Yeah, but and then who knows? Johnny, maybe we're Johnny getting be, a yeah, it becomes Johnny Babyface. Well, maybe we'll be just getting a big heel E. That's possible. Uh, after this, they had. Uh, I'd like to sincerely assume it was uh, live mm-hmm. reactions from Kofi and Xavier Woods. Yeah, and not pre-tape stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, Kofi paid tribute to Howard Finkel there, announcing the the new tag team champions. Yeah, so that was cool. But that's SmackDown. Hey, Brandon, you got any shout-outs? Hey, wow, this is Owen Wilson. You're listening to Brandon's shout-out. The first shout-out is going to Encore, which is a show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, they reunite casts from high schools mm-hmm. that or high school musicals, I guess. And have them okay. do it one more time. Huh. And the classes are ranging from like 1975 to maybe 2008. And they do shows. There was like Annie, Beauty and the Beast, Grease. Um, it's pretty interesting. I watched a few episodes. Kristen Bell's. Uh, uh, wow. I've watched a few episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kristen Bell. There you go. <laughs> hosted it. Or hosts it. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's something right up your alley. I don't. I, I heard Zac Efron didn't show up for it. Oh, or was that something different? Literally, completely not even the same thing. Different thing. Yeah, that was the Disney sing along, and he was there to introduce it or whatever. Or he said hello, but he didn't sing with the cast. That's weird. Maybe he doesn't that... sing anymore. Who? Or maybe he never sang to begin with. I don't know. I've never heard Zac Efron sing. Right? Maybe he lip synced the entire time. And... I have no idea. I mean, I, I never, just... I never saw High School Musical. I've never have, but I know that song. I've seen other um, movies with Zac Efron, but never High School Musical. I don't think I've ever seen a good movie with Zac Efron. Oh come on, get out of here! <laughs> there are so many movies of his that are great. I don't know. All right, so what's your next one? Neil Sedaka is getting the second shout out because for the past maybe week or two weeks now he's been doing medleys of his songs live on facebook so i think that's that's awesome it's like normally i guess we wouldn't get stuff like that but under these Mm -hmm. circumstances it's it's cool to hear him do like three or four songs per day yeah I'm i'm such a fan of his so i'm i'm happy to watch these facebook videos mm hmm um, and then lastly, I was going to give an anti shout out to Optimum, uh, because of the hell they put me through this week, but I'm just, I'm really, I'm just going to give a shout out to everyone that got released from WWE this past week. Yeah. It's... There's, there's so many memories of the people who were released. And like I said earlier, I really do hope we see them back in the company after all this is over. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, we also hope that. They get through this and, you know, hopefully they find happiness at the end of all this. Yeah, and like you just said, I think you just said it. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com and buy all their 
their t-shirts. Did you even say that? I don't think so. I said, I, I, I said, that, <laughs> Oh, you, uh, you were talking about with uh Ziggler, I think. Yeah. I said it earlier, but yeah, go support all of them. And, uh, even if you don't buy a t-shirt or something, if you can't afford the t-shirt and stuff like that, you slap a retweet. retweet it. Yeah. Yeah. Retweet it. Uh, try to help promote it a little bit. I liked, uh, Heath Slater has a, uh, a parody of his, I got kids t-shirt. It says I got fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, that, that's a clever shirt that I'm surprised nobody's done before. Well, yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to have that shirt, though, I guess it'd be him. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. But those are my shout-outs. Now it's time for... Our... moment of the week yeah uh i right <laughs> off the I bat to, was i supposed to say that or no no nah, but what i mean it's, it doesn't matter it's your show it's our show it's my <laughs> show too i never know if i'm supposed to say that or if it's like the audio of it oh no that the audio says mark out moment of the week all right, so i don't have to say mark i mean all right well we're I, good. I don't know i just reintroduce it as that is right <laughs> okay so then we I guess it's a reintroduction of the introduction. Yeah, but well, I have to say I definitely popped big time that El Hijo del Fantasma was announced for that Cruiserweight tournament. I said that earlier on the show. Pop mm-hmm. that he was still uh, – or not still. He's masked again. Yeah. Um, I marked out for Thatcher. Yeah. I, pretty much all my mark out moments with the exception of the, the Money in the Bank announcement come from NXT. Oh and, it's, yeah, carry on cross. Yeah, too. Thatcher and then and then carry on cross hundred percent. I mean, those were totally mark out moments. Um and yeah, that was real yeah, you're right. Pretty much NXT goes with the gets the the mark out moments. Yeah. And then just like really the thought of where that money in the bank those matches could like be taken. Yeah, uh, the anticipation is really crushing me but we have happy- we have until yeah. may 10th to, to know yeah it's gonna be out. fun um happy birthday once again to chris uh make sure you follow him chris Sween dog and check him out on uh instagram <laughs> take it home i know normally i say whoever opens closes but hey all right let's take it home with. all right once again happy birthday and make sure you go check us out marking out on twitter marking Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, buy the t-shirt, give us a like on Facebook, all of that fun stuff. Bro, hey. put me over. <laughs> oh, okay. I'll give you the rub. Uh, make sure you follow Brandon on Twitter at BTTG161 and his Instagram. Take it home. Yeah. yeah. And You're all we- set for clear. <laughs> and we wish you the... The... <laughs> Best of luck in your future endeavors. Have a 